Attention crew, this is your Captain Caliban speaking. This is a supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals, where we bring you news and tidbits from the world of Trek, also interviews with special guests, and a few little surprises along the way. Except maybe not too many surprises this week, because I, like you, remain safely and responsibly ensconced at home for the protection of myself and others. Living almost entirely on the internet is not new for me or for probably anybody born after the late 90s, but I feel like I've gone from talented amateur to competing professional now that it's basically the only way to communicate with other people during the pandemic. And I wonder if this is doing anything for the digital competency of the uh, the civilian class, if you will, people who didn't do much online pre-COVID. I know that my parents didn't know what a Zoom was in 2019, but now they're setting up group video chats like skilled I. IT professionals. For me, I hope that this crisis highlights how important it is that the internet remains free and equally open to everyone as a basic right on par with other protected services. I hope that lesson gets learned. The internet is also a place to socialize, to meet people with similar interests, and to learn and share information about those interests. And yeah, I guess that extends to, I don't know, Gundam, but I was thinking more about the subject of fitness. The internet has come a long way since the bodybuilding.com forums, and thank God, do not go to the bodybuilding.com forums. People of every fitness level are forming groups, sharing their progress, uploading their data, their runs and workout routines, and maybe most importantly, they're supporting each other. One of the best ways to maintain a healthy habit is to let other people, your friends and family, know what you're trying to accomplish, and that extends to online friends and acquaintances as well. There's been a proliferation of fitness and health-related groups on social media. I'm a member of a few. And of course, uh, smartphones and devices have become great aids in achieving your fitness goals. My fitness goals suck. Let me start over. My fitness journey has always been a complicated one. Um, I was never like a team athlete in high school. Uh, I did play some solo sports. Uh, I was a runner. I was on the tennis team. But I was also a nerd and a uh, video game addict, uh, so it was even money whether I'd be on the court or on the couch. And I discovered weightlifting in junior high, and I just kind of kept at it uh, into my adulthood. And though I never became Conan the Barbarian, I just liked how it made me feel. Um, It probably counteracted all those video game couch hours. But you know how it is. When you don't have somebody blowing a whistle at you or yelling at you to get off the couch, unless you're really committed to activity or you're part of some kind of organized group... It gets really easy to turn up the video games and turn down the running, the biking, the lifting, what have you. For myself, I kind of go in waves. I'll gain some weight. I'll feel bad about myself. I'll start some kind of routine, which I'll keep up for 12, maybe 18 months if I'm lucky. I'll feel really good, but not really appreciate like why I'm feeling good. And then I get busy or tired and I leave it off and don't do anything until I gain a lot of weight again. It's cyclical. It's nothing too out of the ordinary. And in fact, I was... Planning a big 2020 turnaround, I was planning to get back to the gym, change a lot of my habits, but I don't have to tell you what happened to that plan. I'm typing this from a throne of empty ice cream buckets. My problem vis-a-vis achieving and maintaining my goals, especially when I'm stuck at home, my problem is twofold as I see it. One, I have no access to dumbbells, stairmasters, the gym, any kind of machinery. I've got an old exercise bike at home, but the thrill is gone there. And number two, I'm doing it all myself, and I don't have any trainers. Uh, I'm on one of those Facebook fitness groups I mentioned, but I don't post much in them. I'm my only cheerleader. I'm the only person I can turn to when I hit a wall, and I am the one that wants to play all the video games. I can't be trusted. 
Well, problem part one is solved by a book like Body by Starfleet, the new fitness manual by author Rob Perlman. Body by Starfleet is a fully illustrated guide to practical and actually doable exercises for both the gym and the home. Rob worked with a certified trainer to put the book together, and it provides a Star Trek-themed entry into the world of fitness for both the beginner and the expert. Rob joined me recently to talk about the book, uh, also his own fitness journey, and part two of my problem as well, motivation. We talk about staying motivated, getting involved with other like-minded individuals, leveraging their Trek fandom to get that Starfleet physique. And that's our subject for the show today. Enjoy my chat with Rob. I'll be back at the end of the show for the cool down. I hope you're all limbered up. And with that, let's get underway. My guest on the show today is Rob Perlman. Rob is the author of over 30 books for both children and adults. He's also a frequent commentator on pop culture topics for radio, TV, and the web. And he serves on the advisory board of the Master's in Publishing program at Pace University. His recent book, Body by Starfleet, is a fully illustrated guide of practical and fun exercises to help Trek fans live long and prosper. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you here. Uh, I always ask first-time guests on the show, when did you first discover Trek? How did you become a Star Trek fan? Oh, my God. Such a good question. Uh, you know, I've been very lucky in that I I was born into a world where Star Trek already existed. <laughs> sure. How lucky for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, was, I was born in the 70s, so it was always on in syndication. Yeah. Um, in, in our living rooms, you know, like after school and then on the weekends. And, you know, when when Star Wars came out, that was a big deal for me, you know, a yeah. kid in the 70s. Um, but that was like a, a movie event. And you went to the theater maybe once or twice and you saw it. And it was it was this big thing. But Star Trek, I always thought was a much more personal and intimate experience. Yeah, because it was literally beamed into your home. Um, and it was the kind of thing where you could watch it with your parents and your friends and your grandparents and your aunts and uncles, and everybody was able to get something out of it. So it, it just sort of became a part of the background of my life from a very young age. And then once that movie came out, I remember um, seeing it, I think it was opening week with my aunt and uncle um, and thinking, oh, my God, they can make a movie out of a TV show. <laughs> And just being blown away by that, this and it, it just sort of it changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then other people found out you could do that, and then all all bets were off. But yeah, right. Yeah, it, it it was always there. It was it was ingrained in me at a very very young age. I was thinking too uh, about the fact that I think that we're fairly uh, similar or, or uh, same age, and it was just on like all the time because there were three or four channels tops. And so yeah, if if, they, yeah. if channels weren't running their first run, you know, their primetime programs, they were just filling mm -hmm. in the blanks with syndicated stuff. So I got so much Trek watching in, I think around the time that either when uh, Wrath of Khan came out or Search for Spock came out, um, mm -hmm. they really started to ramp up the... Um, the reruns on the local UHF channel in town. And so I got a whole education in the original series just in time for TNG to premiere in 1987 when I was yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. You were primed. I was primed <laughs> as a Star Trek fan. Uh -huh. Yeah. I remember it was on Channel 11 here in New York. Mm. Um, it, it just seemed like it was on a continuous loop. 
Um, (laughs) But to your point, I think as the years go on, they must have like renegotiated their license agreements and just had all of these episodes to burn in the afternoons and on weekends. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder too about there's so many more channels now, there's so much more content. If people Mm -hmm. would even have the chance, young people today would have the chance to find something like the way we found Star Trek. And I'm sure that they, young people also have access to forms of communication that I will never understand. So I'm sure that things are still getting out there and people are still finding their shows. But yeah, a lot of uh, Saturday afternoons for me watching Star Trek. Absolutely. And, you know, Star Trek's always that thing. And I think it is, especially now, too, because there is so much content out there. It's a great word of mouth show as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And now that there's, what, 55 or so years of content, there is something for everybody. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Do you have a favorite series? Uh, You know, most of my books have been based on the original series. So that always holds a special place in my heart. And, you know, you can't do better than Leonard Nimoy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Um, (laughs) it's true. But, you know, and I was a TNG guy for a really long time. But I I recently really rediscovered Voyager. Yeah, me too. um, And I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm really because I it came right at the time when I was probably deep into my studies in college. And so I just didn't have time. And and it was just at that point, you know, absorbing TNG. And now you have to like, here's a whole new family. It's DS9. And then you eventually come to love them. And I think it was just one too far for me. So yeah, I let a lot of that go. But now I'm getting it in streaming. And apparently a lot of people are. Yeah. And how wonderful for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, when it when it came around, I think very similarly, I just felt a little Star Trek saturated. Yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, this is like a bottle series. I I sort of get it. And they're going to go off and do their thing. And and there was just, at that point, I thought overwhelmed by content. Yeah, right. (laughs) Little, little did we know. Yeah, right. Yeah, Enterprise never had a chance. Uh, But now, of course, poor Enterprise. (laughs) Well, yeah, you were uh, talking about word of mouth before and just sharing things, you know, on social media. And I think that that is really, um, uh, uh, buoyed up uh, the CBS Trek series who um, are out and they're um, they're getting a lot of uh, viewers and people are really liking them but I'm seeing you know so many posts and things like that and it's just a whole new environment for fans now uh, as compared to when we were growing up oh yeah it's so great and and there's so many more ways of people being able to connect and share their joy of Star Trek yeah yeah um, it's wonderful to see uh, I have to ask because we are living in Interesting times currently, huh. but uh, as, yeah. a, as a New Yorker, how has the uh, coronavirus outbreak affected your, your day-to-day life? Uh, well, currently I live in New Jersey, um, and I haven't been back into the office since before I left on the Star Trek cruise. Oh. So it's been about a month okay. since I've set foot on the Isle of Manhattan. Sure. Um, and it's pretty scary. You know, there's... There's something very eerie about seeing tents set up in Central Park and empty subway cars. And um, it's weird. It's a weird, weird time. Yeah. Uh, Bright side, no tourists cluttering up the place. Uh, Nobody's asking you where the Empire State (laughs) Building is. (laughs) Which is fantastic. You could go in during lunch hour and get a sandwich very easily if anything was open. Right. right. Yeah. Maybe take it out. But yeah. 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 Uh, you mentioned the Star Trek cruise. Um, I had a bunch of friends that were on it this year. And of course, oh, really? I sat home watching all their pictures on Instagram <laughs> and uh, feeling really jealous. And it was really uh-huh. fortunate that uh, you guys got home like right as this thing started to break wide. Indeed. You know, we got off the boat um, 
And then I, I sort of called the office and I was like, I've just been on a cruise. Like, am I even allowed back in the Should office? Should I go back home? Yeah. <laughs> Should I go back home? Can I, can I enter New York? Can I cross the bridge or whatever? And yeah. then everything just went kablooey. But I have to say on the cruise itself, um, you know, there's lots of photo ops and autographs and, you know, I'm very fortunate where I'm able to do a bunch of panels and yeah. meet a lot of the fans and do some book signings and lots of different things. And in years past, everyone was shaking hands and hugging and being very, you know, physically, um, physically affectionate and, and close. And now everyone was just doing Vulcan hand symbols. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and washing with Purell every four seconds. And, uh, you know, we were at that point, you know, we're also on the high seas. We were a little disconnected from what was going on in the okay, real world. Sure. Um, so we knew that something bad was happening, um, but we really didn't know how bad it was happening at the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Yeah. Just surreal. Sort of delightfully ignorant. And, <laughs> but everyone was everyone was super careful about it. It, it was good. That's we all good. banded together. Like, like Starfleet, we were all in together. That's right. All serving yeah. together. Exactly. Uh, in addition to writing, you're also an editor, and I, I read that you had been an editor on some movie tie-in books, uh, including Scenes of Anomalisa, which yeah. was an enigmatic and challenging film, to say the least. Indeed, indeed. You know, it usually um, it usually takes about a year to a year and a half to get a book out, mm -hmm. um, and we did that book in eight weeks. Wow. Um, which was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we were ex we were exhausted by the end of it. It was you know it was phone calls with the filmmakers and and the studios until literally eleven twelve o'clock at night just trying to get it out. Um, <laughs> so I got I got to see the movie before it premiered, sure. which was trippy. Um, and then after it premiered, uh, you know when we were when we were publishing the book to sort of celebrate it and. Yeah, it was an experience. It was great. That's fascinating. And it's it's such yeah. I mean, it's very it's a very different sort of movie, um, you know, intentionally. And of course, it's by Charlie Kaufman, mm -hmm. who is never I don't think he's ever done anything. His, his creative philosophy must be I'm going to do something I've never seen before. Like nobody's done this. Yeah. So let's yeah. do that. Uh, it was great. And Charlie was was pretty involved in the book itself. Really? Wow. Um, yeah. So it feels like a Charlie Kaufman book. Yeah. Um, which was great, which was great. You've also written a wealth of books on various topics for both kids and adults, uh, everything from Passover to Skeletor. Uh, I would imagine that writing for adults is a little more complex than writing for kids, or are they not all that different? Uh, you know, they're not all that different, really. I, yeah. I think you really have to you have to figure out who the audience is and what you want to say. Yeah. Um, and the easiest and most entertaining way to say it, you know, my... The, the picture books I do for kids, they may only be, you know, 24 pages long with, you know, 500 words in it. Um, but that initial manuscript could be a couple of thousand words with lots of different art notes and mm. trying to figure out, okay, this is funny for me. Is this going to be fr funny for a three-year-old or a four-year-old? Yeah. Um, and is, is this the right word to use? Are kids, you know, are they going to be able to sound out this word? Is this word too long? Is it too descriptive? Yeah. Um, really just sort of getting down to the core of what the story is and then working really intimately with the illustrator um, to make sure that the the words and the illustrations are working together to become more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, right. Um, which is a fascinating experience because when you're working with a good illustrator who gets what you're trying to do, they can just elevate it um, to places you never thought before. That's really great. And then, you know, for adults, again, depending on what it is, 
um, you know, the, the Rick and Morty book I wrote is kind of different than the Star Trek book I wrote, which is different than the I adulted book I wrote. So it's really just trying to figure out um, the best way to convey the reason for this book existing in the world. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, and, you know, I always, the books I do are, um, they're not really hard literature by any stretch of the <laughs> yeah, imagination. <right. laughs> um, you know, I, I want to give people a laugh or give them some escape from, from their, their, the, the misery that everything is yeah. going through right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, 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 the funniest, most pleasant way to frame things. And that's where working with really good editors come in. Yeah. Um, because I could think something is hilarious, but it, it could be an inside joke that <laughs> yeah. I've had with myself. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, what, what purple monkey dishwasher? What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody knows the, the joke I had with my you know high school friend or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because I work with a lot of properties that are owned by other people like Star Trek or, um, you know, Rick and Morty or, or other things, you've got to make it true to that property. Yeah, so you always that's... try to imbue a little bit of that voice in it. So the Bob Ross books I write are very different sounding and feeling than the Rick and Morty books, than the Star Trek books. And, yeah. and <laughs> you know, the sometimes the actual physical aspects of the book, the, the page count or the, um, the trim size, you know, that that's different too. But it's great. I'm a, I'm a pop culture and a book guy. So it's, yeah. It's it's my dream job. Yeah, yeah. I, my only editor is my listeners, so uh, I definitely find out uh, a little bit later if that joke didn't land or whatever. <laughs> if it's too inside or whatever it is, uh, the adult, oh, yes. the adult and the child uh, sort of fuse or collide in one uh -huh. of your books, which uh, I I really want to get this book. It's called Pet This uh, Effing PG thirteen Show Puppy. Pet This Effing Puppy. Yes. What, what's the concept behind uh -huh. that? Um. <laughs> You know, I realized last year uh, that the world was on fire um, <laughs> well, and that right. people, yeah, yeah. And that people needed some sort of way to calm the F down, if I may be so bold. <laughs> sure. and the one thing that always calms me down is, is petting my puppy Oscar. Okay. Um, and I, you know, th that asthma thing that's going on, like when people mm -hmm. whisper into microphones or yeah. tap. I was fascinated by that, you know, the, the the physical and emotional reactions that people were getting to that that trend that was going on, and I thought, well, how can we how can we translate that into a book form? And then I thought, well, kids have touch and feel books. Why can't there be a touch and feel book for grownups? Right. Um, so I combined asthma with my my dog Oscar, <laughs> and I got pet this effing puppy. So you can pet the puppy. You can curl up in a blanket. You can um, sniff the roses. Um, <laughs> there's there's something for everybody in the book. Yeah, I that, think that sounds great. Yeah, you've got several Star Trek books to your name: uh, The Wit and Wisdom of Star Trek, Fun with Kirk and Spock, Search for Spock, and The Red Shirt's Little Book of Doom. Uh, Trek is nominally for grown-ups, but I know I liked it a lot as a kid. And we all know the uh -huh. shelf life of the average red shirt. They're probably only one mission away from a grisly end. How did you make the harried life of a red shirt fun for kids? Or, or did you? I mean, <laughs> kids got to learn about death sometime. Hey, you know what? It's, everything's a teachable moment. That's right. Um, I, you know, I thought I, I've always loved a good red shirt joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I try to go for one as possible. Yeah. Um, and I thought there there must have been you know, there's more to a red shirt than just his 
grisly demise or her grisly demise <laughs> sure. in two cases. Um, so I really wanted to explore what other indignities Redshirt had to live through in his sad, sad life. Um, so I try to make it kid friendly, um, but I think adults are really going to dig it too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so, you know, a dog eats his homework or he mixes up his white <laughs> underwear with his red shirt and everything turns pink. And yeah. Um, he's, he's, uh, at a, at a birthday party, uh, with a, a pinata that's shaped like Baylock. <laughs> and okay. I think it's Yeoman, Yeoman Rand is trying to hit it, but he, she misses and hits him right okay. in the crotch. Sure. Um, so poor Red Shirt. Yeah. Poor, poor Red Shirt. I love sad sacks yeah. and I love uh, pile on jokes. So I think I have to yeah. check that one yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one of your latest books is called Body by Starfleet, and it stands apart from most fitness guides or workout books because it's got a Klingon doing a clean and jerk on the cover, as well as a, uh-huh. a Vulcan and an Andorian. And this is tuned to a very specific frequency for fitness minded Star Trek fans. Indeed. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I decided to start on my own little fitness journey a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, I, I am not an athletic person. I'm not outdoorsy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just feeling, you know, I was working all the time at a, at a desk job and, you know, coming home and commuting and I was just feeling tired and just kind of worn down by just life in general. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know, there, there's gotta be something that I can do just for myself to improve the way I felt physically, the way I was feeling, uh, mentally. So I went where I've never gone before boldly. Um, and I joined a gym, a a local gym here in, in my neighborhood in, in, uh, New Jersey. Mm. And I met this guy, Chris Dutella, who runs the gym. He's a really great guy. Um, and I was terrified because I didn't want to walk into this gym, you know, a skinny little guy who couldn't do one push up and be surrounded by all of these lunkheads yeah. um, who all they wanted to do was either lift me up to prove how much they could weigh <laughs> or, you know, I, it, it was just not a world I was, I was familiar with and, and I was scared of it. And after a very short amount of time, I realized that everybody there was there to support each other. There was absolutely no judgment. Everyone was there from different fitness levels, from different backgrounds. Um, but they were all there for a common goal. And that was to make positive changes in their life. Um, so while all that was happening for about a year, you know, I was going to Star Trek conventions and I, I did the cruise and, um, New York Comic-Con and San Diego Comic-Con, and I was getting really one-on-one feedback um, and interaction with the Star Trek community um, because of my other books and because of everything else I was doing. And I noticed that the group of guys in the gym were really not that dissimilar from the Star Trek friends Hmm. that I was making because they felt like family and they were all from different backgrounds at different fitness levels. Yeah. Um, all encouraging each other and all there for a singular purpose, which was to celebrate Star Trek. And I thought, well, those two groups, although they may seem completely, completely different, were actually much more similar than either one of them thought it was. Yeah. And then I went, I went back to the gym and as I was doing some of the exercises, I was sort of in my head making up Star Trek names for them. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and I was enjoying it a little bit more because working out for me and probably for a lot of people is not particularly fun. Yeah. You're, you're straining, you're sweating, you're out of breath, you're, you know, gasping for air sometimes. 
Um, but I thought, you know, if I could laugh my way through this, or at least have a little bit of a smile on my face, that hour didn't feel like an hour. It felt like 45 minutes or a half an hour. Yeah. And I thought, well, maybe other people would benefit from that as well. Any uh, hobby like that, you know, no matter how Charles Atlasy or, or whatever it is, can be as nerdy mm-hmm. as something like Star Wars or Star Trek fandom, I've found. You know, I've, I've, uh, I wouldn't call myself like a, um, a super athlete, but I have um, been going to the gym and working out for a large part of my life. And those mm-hmm. people can get so nerdy about the right technique and the ways to do things and how much you should do it and then diet and supplements. And you've got guys talking about you oh, know, yeah. glutamate and all this other stuff. And it just, a lot of it mm-hmm. sounds like Star Trek techno babble. Yeah. I think they could mm-hmm. be very similar to each other in, in, uh, in terms yeah. of interest. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember going to, uh, I think it was a New York comic-con um, and I was taking the bus into New Jersey and one contingent came on of cosplayers mm. Um, which, you know, they were dressed up as elves and wizards and, and whatever. And I was like, you know, it, that's just another Tuesday for me. So it didn't really, <laughs> sure, I didn't bat sure. an eye. <laughs> um, and then another contingent came on of guys who were clearly going to, I guess, some sort of corporate challenge or something. And they were all wearing the same color running shorts and the same color shirts and carrying, you know, the same color um, gym bags. And I was like, that's the same, that's cosplaying in just a different way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... It's under like, armor instead of uh, medieval armor. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I. You know, it can be really hard. I've. I've heard this from a lot of my uh, Trekkie friends, and it applies to me too. I mean, it, it can be hard to exercise. It, it's not just hard to motivate yourself, but it's difficult to find the time and space. A lot of us work in the office or at home, and going to the gym seems intimidating. Um, but even you know, we're in a position like we are now, where you can't even go to the gym because the gym is closed anyway, and one of yeah. the things that I think yeah. is great about the exercises in Body by Starfleet is the fact that you can do them just about anywhere. Yeah, it was really important to me, um, first of all, to make sure that these were real exercises. Mm-hmm. These weren't joke exercises. Right. Um, these were these were exercises that you could have fun with. Um, so that was one part. And the other part, you know, and I really worked very closely with Chris Tutella. Um, on the step-by-steps of each of these exercises, I, I was very aware that the people who were going to be buying this book, including myself, were of different abilities, different physical um, fitness levels. And I wanted to make it as accessible to as many people as, as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in the book, we say that really the only thing you need is standard gravity, (laughs) but they could be done. All these exercises could be done everywhere. And I'd say probably about 80 to 85% of the exercises don't require any sort of equipment at all. Um, And the ones that do require equipment, it's maybe an exercise bench or some sort of sturdy chair or some resistance bands. I really wanted it to be um, as pleasant an experience um, and as accessible for as many people as possible, including myself. So when things like this happen in the world where you can't go to a gym and, you know, use the gigantic billion dollar machines that are everywhere, you could, well, what gym do you, you, know, you go to, <laughs> I, I go to fancy places. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just rolling in this Star Trek money. So I can afford anything. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, if, if you have some steps or just, you know, an exercise mat and, and just your own body weight, yeah. um, and then, you know, you could adjust it to 
your own fitness level, if you don't think you're going to be able to do a standard push-up, there's ways of, you know, working around that to to work your your way up to it. This, the whole book is not about being the strongest or the skinniest or the fastest. Sure. It, it's just making positive steps in your life, and maybe that will have a ripple effect and you know affect more change. Yeah, that's really important. I think I um, ran into a huge roadblock myself because you know one of my New Year's resolutions was to try to get into better shape. And, uh-huh. you know, I started going to the gym in January and then right near the end of January is when the rumors started flying around about coronavirus. And I thought, should I even be going to the gym and came mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. and, you know, I could have uh, pressed on with exercises like the ones in your book, but it just became, maybe uh-huh. I'll just, uh, I'll just sit on the couch. I have a lot of work yeah. to do. Yeah. I've been saying there's no calories in quarantine. Oh, there you go. So, which is probably not the best motto. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, yeah, a little, little inside, but I think I understand a little what it means. Inside. Yeah. 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 But, you know, if, if you're constantly <laughs> depriving yourself, you know, it's okay to cheat every once in a while. If oh, you're yeah, yeah. in a constant state of deprivation, you're just going to be miserable all the time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you can give yourself those little indulgences. I love the idea of yeah. uh, Body by Starfleet and applying the Federation's ideals about self-improvement to your own life. And I know for myself mm. and many of my friends, we often ask ourselves what Captain Picard would do if he was in our shoes. And it's usually uh-huh. the hard but right choice. And I love the idea of making the right choices and taking care of yourself and living healthy, which obviously Captain Picard would do. I mean, have you seen that guy? He fences and he's got guns. Have you seen him in a short sleeve shirt? He's got huge guns. Yeah. I'm not worried about Picard. He's fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even 90 year old Picard. He's, he's fine. Yeah. He's doing pretty good too. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure that you mentioned this uh, in the book, but friends and family uh, can really help you in your fitness journey as well. Um, And I found Mm -hmm. that uh, finding friends online can be really helpful. I've seen more than a few Uh, Star Trek related fitness groups like on Facebook and Twitter with people encouraging Mm -hmm. each other. And I know that sometimes when I don't want to go to the gym and my girlfriend doesn't want to go either, it can Mm -hmm. turn into like a Netflix and Domino's night. (laughs) But sometimes like a total stranger, a relative stranger or an online acquaintance can be a real motivator for you. They're not getting any pizza Mm -hmm. out of the deal. They just want to see you put the work in and meet your goals just like they want to. Yeah, I think – I, I think there's a lot to be said for accountability for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when you widen your circle and you're sharing your journey with other people, that allows for you to encourage them to meet their goals and for them to encourage you. There's, In fact, there's a Facebook group and a Twitter group, both called Body by Starfleet, mm-hmm. um, where you know all, these people from all around the country, maybe even all around the world, um, their purpose is just to band together and encourage each other and yeah. be kind to each other. Um, there is no judgment at all. Um, you know, sometimes people share their struggles, which are completely valid. Right. Um, but you know, when you build a community of like-minded people around yourself, you're, you've created your own, and I hate to use the word safe space, but that's what it is. Well, sure. Um, yeah. you're, you're allowed to be yourself. You're allowed to be as nerdy as you want to be. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're allowed to be as honest with your own, your own needs and goals as, as is welcomed. And I think that's incredible. And I think if you're surrounding yourself with people who are not acknowledging what you're going through or dismissing it, um, I think that could be a little toxic, um, because it's so much easier to do nothing and it's so much easier to give into pessimism. 
than it is to, you know, try to do a little bit better. And I'm not saying change your life overnight. No. You know, just yeah. take the stairs, drink a little bit less soda. I mean, that that's what I did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes I, I, I'm going to admit, I take the elevator more than I should. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm still, I'm still taking the stairs. And yeah. it, it's just little steps. And um, when, you're, when you're with people in the same boat, it just makes it better. And, and that's what Starfleet's all about, really. You're, you're all in it together. You're all trying to get the best out of each other. Yeah. Star Trek fans can be some of the most supportive people I've ever seen online, uh, unless you're arguing about what's the best series or captain, and then it's uh, Red Alert and Shields Up. But otherwise, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's dangerous. Or what's not real Star Trek? I love oh, that. Yeah, that too. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, I found a lot of support in people online. And speaking of friends and or relative strangers, uh, a friend of mine runs a local yoga studio and she's doing a virtual class this weekend centering on exercises from Body by Starfleet. So hey. even if people are cooped up at home, you know, because you can't get to your gym, there's a lot of online options available and virtual classes to stay fit during quarantine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you can't find one, start one on your own. Yeah, Sure. I'd have to imagine that the holodeck, speaking of virtual environments, uh, the holodeck would be one of the most incredible fitness tools that you could have. Because you could, I guess you could just turn it into a gym if you wanted to, but you could mountain climb. And I think you could also maybe trick yourself into working out. So like say that you just hate working out, you know, if you're going on like a spy adventure or something like that and uh-huh. it required running or, or maybe climbing <laughs> or something like that, you could kind of trick yourself into getting some exercise. Right. And if you want to dress up as Robin Hood while you're doing it, then hey, go for it. No one is going to judge you at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) What happens on the holodeck stays on the holodeck. It has to. Yeah, it has to stay there. (laughs) Uh, Just one more thing before we go. I was on YouTube and I saw that there was a book trailer for Body by Starfleet with examples of some of the exercises. Is that you in the trailer? That's me. (laughs) Okay. I thought so. That's me. Yeah. Wearing tights for yeah. everyone to see. Yeah. <laughs> how did that, how did that come together? Um, we were at Star Trek Las Vegas, um, and the good people at Star Trek.com were there with, with their cameras. And I was like, hey, we've got all these sets here. Um, and the, the book is coming out pretty soon. Why don't we do something that's a little out there, but could be a lot of fun and a little wacky? Um, so we designed sort of like a, a 1980s themed, sort of like a Jane Fonda workout advertisement Yeah. Um, where I and my friend Victoria go around to all of the different sets that have been recreated and do some of the exercises. That's great. Um, it's, it's a lot. It was a lot of fun. It, <laughs> it was like, a lot of fun. It looks like it was. Yeah. Have you done any other uh, on-camera work for other book trailers? Uh, no, this was my big premiere. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure the offers are just going to be rolling in. Well, yeah, I was was thinking um, (laughs) I've got a good one in mind for 101 Ways to Kill a Zombie. I think that could get kind of colorful. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Talk to my agent. I'm sure we can. Okay. All right. We'll set that up. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Rob. And I hope that people check out Body by Starfleet if they're looking to improve or maintain their fitness. Where can people find you online? Uh, I think the easiest place is just go to robperlman.com and you can get links to all of my social media and all of my books and all the good stuff. Okay. And I know that you've got a couple books that are coming out this year, uh, like uh, Bob Ross, my first book of colors, Bob Ross cookbook Mm -hmm. and The Office, uh, A Day at Dunder Mifflin Elementary. 
Yeah, it's a children's picture book uh, based on The Office. <laughs> Which I'm very is, excited about it. Blows my mind. Uh, yeah, I think this is yeah. something that I think we've all wanted for a long time. So. <laughs> well, here you go. My yeah. gift to you. Well, you can get that and Body by Starfleet wherever books are sold. Thanks again, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Rob for coming on the show to talk about Star Trek and fitness and Charlie Kaufman. You never know where that guy's going to pop up. Go to robperlman.com for more info about Rob's work and some of the other books that we discussed. And if you want to get your hands on Body by Starfleet, you can do that. It's out now and available wherever you get books like Amazon. I'll include an Amazon link to Body by Starfleet in the show notes if you want to buy it. When you make purchases on Amazon through the links that we provide or by clicking on our shop Amazon banner on Enterprising Individual to get to Amazon.com, a small percentage of the purchase price of your transaction comes back to us at no extra cost to you, and it helps keep the warp core lit here at the show. And that counts for anything that you buy on Amazon, not just Star Trek stuff. In fact, you can bookmark that banner, and when you click through to Amazon that way, whatever you buy quarantine supplies, food, applesauce, the same deal applies. It's a great way to help support the show. Anytime you shop on Amazon.com, click through our banner or through your bookmark or our saved links and shop away. And maybe you're saying, I've already got Body by Starfleet and I'm shredded like a bag of lettuce. To which I would say, hey, spot me, bro, but uh, do it from six feet away. But I would also say, if you like what you hear on Enterprising Individuals and you want to support the show, why not head to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash E-I-S-T-P-O-D. It's there that you can sign up to be a crew member for the show and you can get access to exclusive subscriber content like our live episodes, my DS9 and Voyager rewatch recaps, extended interviews from show guests containing off-topic discussions and outtakes and more. Just head to patreon.com forward slash EIST pod. Anyone can join our crew, ectomorph, endomorph, or polymorph. All are welcome at patreon.com forward slash EIST pod. And as always, the best way to support the show is to tell a friend. Anything you contribute to the show will be appreciated and will help keep us flying. Thanks. And that's it for this supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals. If you're an Apple Podcasts listener and you haven't yet, why not look us up on Apple Podcasts and make sure that you're subscribed to the show. Also, write us a little review if the spirit moves you and give us a rating at the very least. We'd appreciate it. If you're not an Apple Podcast listener, you can still subscribe to the show on Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get our show from. And if you'd leave positive comments and ratings and reviews on those platforms as well, we would be eternally grateful. Next week on Enterprising Individuals, any song worth recording is worth recording again, as evidenced by the many covers of classic hits that breathe new life into old standards. There's nothing particularly original about a boy falling in love with a girl. But when the boy is a hologram and the girl is a cyborg, it's a different tune entirely. New York Times bestselling author David R. George III returns to the show next week to discuss an episode of Star Trek Voyager that turns an old chestnut into a new melody of melancholy and romance. It's someone to watch over me next time on Enterprising Individuals. And until then, I'm your Captain Caliban signing off and saying live long and prosper. Hey, Trekkies, I'm Caliban. And I'm Gooey Fame. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Backtrekking. I thought that we were going to say it together. Oh, Backtrekking. 
Do you want to do it again? Just, just don't worry about it. Every week, we look at the real-life inspirations behind classic Star Trek episodes. The original series, Next Gen, DS9, Voyager, and more. And we're examining the actual events, stories, and concepts that they're based on. Join us as we go trekking through sci-fi history. You know, we have a time machine. Let's go back and do the intro again. Hey, Trekkies, I'm Caliban. Backtracking! God damn it!